Hey guys, it's Caleb with White Metal Games. Uh, you're about to listen to War Council episode 41, and I wanted to put out a little disclaimer at the start of the episode because there's two things in the episode that may be a little confusing. Uh, so the first one is a sound quality issue. Um, the episode was recorded in my uh, in my living room because I had a bunch of I had the whole the whole staff was over that day. So all the painters and uh, the support staff, everyone was over that day having having a good time, having some drinks. We kind of had a holiday party. Um, and so in order to find a place big enough to fit everybody, we ended up putting them in the living room and using our, our voice recorder um, just to pick up everyone in sort of an ambient sound quality. Now the problem was it was a little hot that day in Raleigh. It was over 70 degrees. The weather was crazy warm for uh, a December day. So we had the fan on, and the fan created a thumping sound that unfortunately is heard throughout the entire recording. Um, it gets a little annoying, and um, I'd like to think that listening to the podcast, you will tune it out eventually. But having edited the podcast, I can't say with certainty that is true. Um, what I will say is if there was a, an episode to have this happen on, it was probably this one because... Uh, frankly, this is just a fun episode. We just did this to kind of round out 2016. So we don't have any fancy guests on the show other than ourselves. And uh, we're not talking about too many important things other than just kind of wrapping up 2016. So I would say listen to the episode if you're inclined. Um, if you want to skip an episode, this is definitely the one to skip. Uh, so don't feel we won't feel bad if you don't listen to this episode in its entirety. Um, we have gotten the comment about audio quality before, um, and frankly, I, I hear you loud and clear. It's on our to-do list. One of the things we're looking to change up in 2017 is have a dedicated podcast space where we can set up permanent microphones and you know, uh, pad the walls for sound issues and just make it a better setup overall. So it's on our to-do list, uh, but with everything else going on, it just hasn't been high priority. So we hope you've enjoyed the podcast. We understand that the quality is not up to par with what we'd like it to be, uh, but it's something that we are looking into and we do hope to improve on in the near future. We appreciate your patience while we figure out all the, the kinks in that. Um, finally, the other disclaimer about this show is the giveaway. Um, on this show, we announced that the giveaway will be January 2nd through February 2nd. And unfortunately, the person painting the model, Denny, uh, he's a full-time nurse and a part-time painter, and uh, where he works at, just put him on double shifts all month, so he hasn't been able to finish up Magnus as quickly as we would like, um, although the model is practically done. We need some time to advertise it so that the, the giveaway doesn't just fall flat on its head, so we, in order to push it out through blog channels like Bella Lost Souls and Spiky Bits and through our own personal channel, we're going to push back the, the giveaway for a few weeks. Uh, probably till about mid-January, so we are still giving away Magnus the Red, but we want to give more people an opportunity to hear about this uh, giveaway so that they can have a like chance to win. Um, obviously, one lucky winner will benefit from this, but the reality is when you give away something like this, a model that's valued uh, hundreds of dollars, this is the way we value it, um, including materials and painting services, you know, we can't just give it away for peanuts. We need to make sure that we, we use it for what it's intended for, which in this case is to build our listener base. So in order to do that properly, we're going to push back the contest till mid-January. Um, but it should, in theory, run mid-January to mid-February, so it'll still run for four weeks. 
Um, so when you hear me say January 1st just or January 2nd, just nix that and understand that uh, we are going to be giving away Magnus the Red, but it'll be a few weeks after that, and it will be for a few weeks into February as well. So that's it for now. Um, have a merry, merry Christmas. Uh, have a great new year, and we look forward to continuing War Council in 2017 with all new episodes, all new guests, and all new content, and hopefully a better audio setup. So thanks, everybody. Uh, till next time, put your minis where your mouth is. Good night. Hey guys, welcome to the show. This is War Council, a hobby-centered podcast for miniature enthusiasts. My name is Caleb Dillon with White Metal Games. And I'm Phil Corman with White Metal Games. <laughs> Denny with White Metal Games. John with White Metal Games. Everybody's with White Metal Games. Yeah, I was going to say, we really could probably stop. This <laughs> yeah, is like back from... Boxing, <laughs> like, back when Philip and I were the only people on the show, so now it's starting to take form. Back when we were on the only one on the show, it made sense when he was brushwork minis. But um, anyway, and obviously that's Val, um, who's currently drawing on a chalkboard um, for our holiday party. Um, I, I guess now we can tell it's kind of like a servo skull or something? Looks like it. Yeah, we're, yeah. Get, we're getting in that direction. Um, and finally... Uh, my name's John. I'm a Tobin Brit here. A token <laughs> Brit. Uh, John, this is actually kind of a, a weird, kind of a fun little surprise for us today because we're having a holiday party, so everyone's came back, and um, you're the only painter that no one had ever met before. Mm-hmm. So you and I have been working together on and off for about three years now. Um, I met you at a con here in Raleigh, North Carolina. Yes. You were, was, a, was it a historic con, or was it, uh, I forget which one it was called. Oh. Uh, it was no a, yeah, so it was a weird little con, and you came up to me, and people always come up to me at the shows, and they say, I paint, and I've just gotten used to it, and they're like, well, that's great, you know, fantastic, good, and then you were like, I'll bring some stuff in tomorrow, and you did, and yes. it was great, and then from that, a relationship was born, and I started to hire you out to do some jobs, and lo and behold, three years later, we're still working together. Ah, uh, you're too kind, so. thank you. Uh, John's actually, uh, uh, he's been in the hobby uh, for, I'd say, the longest of any of us. He's entered into major competitions, he's competed internationally and nationally, and um, he continues to put out good models every single year. I've always really liked what you do. Um, I think the only, if I had to have any complaint, is that like you're so meticulous that yeah, you're a so little slow for a commission painter, yes. yeah. which is kind of how we got to our arrangement in the first place, yes. is that you were a little slow on deadlines. But, but either way, I've always, I've always liked your work, so thank you for coming joining us. Well, thank you, it's exciting to be here. So this is episode 41, it's our holiday podcast, uh, 2016, a look back, our Christmas special if you will. Um, so as kind of a treat, we had everybody here today, so all of the painters uh, from the studio are here in house today, uh, minus Justin uh, Perry, who's our new video social media analyst, and he's out today. Um, I don't actually know what Justin's doing today. Missing so, out on the pizza. Yeah, he's missing out on dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so uh, first off... Um, yeah, it's been a good year. Like we've had a really good year here in the studio. Um, the yeah. business has grown quite a Definitely. bit. Definitely. Um, from what started out as, as a hobby service with just one or two painters, you know, adding Philip on a couple years ago, over the course of really the last year, has expanded to support three full-time artists, two part-time artists, and then um, also some special projects here and there. So, well, if you think about it, I mean, last year we were it was just you and I doing the same podcast as a review of the year, right? And just a year later, it's what, three times the there, amount of people? There's six people in the room now. <laughs> right. Um, Good and, time. Yeah, I mean, it's really, it, it's it's kind of like, it's feast or famine. Like, mm-hmm. 
I remember you and I were having discussions about, well, I think I'll have enough projects for you, maybe. Yeah. And then, like, from that came just explosive growth. And I, I think that largely I really have to credit you guys for that because you bring uh, a higher level of quality to the table on most projects. And frankly, more hands on deck means more projects get done, more models get sampled, more diversity of your portfolio, which means more client base. Yeah. So it's kind of like a good for the goose, good for the gander thing. The sum of your parts is greater than the, the division of your parts. So, you know, this has been great. It's been a really good year, um, which is one of the nice reasons to have everybody back here today. I think with having all the the extra hands, it's actually opened up more avenues to try new things. I mean, yeah, you I start agree. your display boards. I do the LED lights. Yeah, I mean, it just gives you more options. And every time, and I, I always say this, is that the more projects you do, the more you get. Um, like just a couple weeks ago, for example, you did um, um, some, or what do you call those guys, um, for Blood Bowl. You did yeah, a couple teams. Within a week or two, we started to have people starting to request quotes on those. Mm -hmm. Oh, so, you did? Mm -hmm, yeah, we've had two requests so far. Now, neither of them transferred into converted into sales, but that's not the point. The point is that it all starts somewhere. Yeah. Um, so you, the more you do, the more you get. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, we, more diversity has led to better, better portfolio, more stuff. And essentially, there's with clients, you always want to give them as many samples as you can to chew on. And now we have over 12,000 photos in our gallery right now. So it's, it's really grown up quite a bit. Um, so actually, that'll kind of, before we jump into the main topic of the show today, we're going to talk a little bit about um, just, you know, what's going on, just kind of, just some basic stuff. So uh, the first thing I wanted to talk about is just kind of this idea I've had recently about being miniature poor. Um, I realize this time of year, people are spending a lot of money on Kickstarters, kind of kickstarting their hobbies. But, but I realized recently that people spend so much money uh, on their hobby that a lot of times, it's kind of like when you think about people who have a really big house, they don't have furniture. Kind of the same kind of thing. People spend a lot of money on buying their miniatures, uh, and then they just don't have anything left over to to paint them, really. They need to pay someone or the time to do it. Uh, I feel like I have to break away for a second, because Val has just <laughs> created this, like... We have a chalkboard in our study, which is where we're broadcasting. I just got out of my system. It had yeah, to happen. He, he apparently, like... In 30 seconds, he's proven how much better he is at freehand than I am. Like, <laughs> just like on a chalkboard because he was bored versus like me actually trying something. So, I'm taking a go. photo of this because I just love the caption he put up there for it. Alien kitties. <laughs> anyway, so my point was just that with the holidays coming up, I, I sort of wanted to remind people, while it's great to get everything you want for Christmas, I, I know so many people that have rooms full of unopened minis or minis that are plastic that they just resell so maybe uh maybe take some don't buy up everything mm -hmm. save a little money to have your things painted otherwise you're just gonna have a room of, of plastics that go nowhere essentially um, there's a large uh, youtube blogger who actually touched up on that topic he did, did a not, i wouldn't say like a segment a full-fledged video about how he just buys these products and he's got all over the place like John, you said you um, oh, we had a little conversation. You just punch yeah. these 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 names and names of these games yeah. that you play, and apparently you apparently some of them you own. But this guy has has a full basement. It's like he's addicted to this plastic crack, you know. So that's really it plastic crack. It is plastic crack, crack, or you know. So like you said, just I mean, I sell half of it, yeah. use half of it to buy some new stuff, and use the other half to commission us some. I was on a forum the other day and I saw this this guy had put together this really cool army or he bought a really neat army and it was going to be some sort of like under the sea elf army for Warhammer. It was a really mm -hmm. neat idea. Like he had got like custom 
you know, seahorses for cavalry and custom like mm. mermaids for also just really it was awesome. a really neat idea. And then he was in the same forum post. He was asking about well how how much how much will it cost to get it painted? And a couple guys had chimed in and they had mentioned a couple different studios and, and the price ranges ranged anywhere from five dollars to fifteen, which was about a fair estimate yeah. between highs and lows. And the guy's immediate response was, well, I just I just spent all this money on the army. Which yeah. is which is kind of crap in my opinion. Essentially, like he could afford to buy the army, but he wasn't willing to hire someone to, to actually do their job and actually get it painted well. Which would be the equivalent of like if I got a guy over here to build me a deck and he gives me a quote, and I was like, well, I just bought all the lumber. So can you just no. do it? Like you know what I mean? <laughs> it's just like, yeah. Can you just? I already I already bought the deck. Really, it's just really just put it together. You know? See, I find that actually uh, having been having been doing this for a little bit. A little bit less than all of you guys, but uh, I see this tendency in clients that you know it's always uncomfortable to tell them what you charge for some reason because you do, you do you tell them what you charge. Yeah. I, yeah, for you, maybe I don't have any. I don't oh, have you any, don't have any problem. That's why you run the business. That's why you run the business. But there's a, there is that tendency, and sometimes clients they don't really get it. Like you know, um, the, if you go into a restaurant, you're ordering yourself a good gracious, most amazing steak. You're gonna pay for it, right? But yeah. here, it's like you're walking in the restaurant and you're saying, "Hey, can I have the steak?" You know what? I'll pay you back when, whenever I don't know. Come up with something. Well, yeah. You know, it's something. It's like that. It's they're perceiving that. Okay, I spend this much amount on the army or board, or well, just like I said, you know, yeah. just do it. They're they're not. They're stopping halfway. It's like you're not gonna go in dealership and ask for half a car. No, I never, I never. That's the same thing. It's, I'm not really sure why. I don't think half a car gets you very far anyway. But well, half a painted army doesn't get you very far either. (laughs) Just sit in your boxes and in your basement. But I get where you come from. Like, oh, when I get quotes from clients, sometimes I'll get those clients who're like, "Hey, I want you know, two thousand points of figures painted." All right, well, it's going to be about you know, a thousand plus dollars. Sure, yeah. yeah. And they'll look at me like, "What? What are you talking about? A thousand plus dollars?" I'm like. Do you think I do this in you no know, for free? Well, well, can't you do it for cheaper? No. <laughs> well, and, and I think that like we have a lot of experience with that. But to use Val's kind of like uh, you know analogy from a restaurant, like essentially when I go to a restaurant, I know that if I pay thirty dollars for a steak, the steak isn't really worth thirty dollars. What is really the value is the ambiance of the restaurant that it's cooked to temperature. I don't have to make it. I don't have to buy it. I don't have to clean the dishes up. I'm getting to enjoy it in a nice the place. The yeah, experience. it's the experience. Yeah. Yeah. And, and essentially, like with any sort of high-end craft product, it's the same thing. You're yeah. paying to have your models arrive to you ready to play. You don't have to do a thing. Um, so just, that that's all. I don't want to harp on it too long, yeah. but just remember, having plastic models doesn't actually let you enjoy the game. Uh, if, you, if you enjoy the game painted, you have to account for that. Mm-hmm. So budget for that this season. Think about that. We are currently taking bookings for, for starting in January. We're basically full <laughs> up for, for this year. Um, but if you're interested in booking projects out next year, contact us at info at whitemetalgames.com. Uh, speaking of next year, uh, before we jump into the main show, I want to talk about list anticipation. Um, we'll talk about this a little bit more in the January episode, but is there anything you guys are looking forward to in the new year? Like yes. new releases that are coming out, big like, like releases that you're... The, the, the new GW CEO is taking the company out of the ditch, mm-hmm. out of the grave. It's with all the new battle boxes coming out, like the revival of the battle box and... Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's been rumors. Was there a specific expansion there you're looking forward to? Because um, that's more of a big picture. Thing. Well, it's a big picture. I'm looking more at the uh, 
uh, in the uh, new the new recent expansion with the uh, with the uh, War on Fenris, okay. the Sisters of Battle. There's yeah, kind sure. of rumors that Sisters of Battle are going to get rebooted. God, that was such a blow, low blow uh, this yeah, season. Yeah, I can't. Decide. Everybody, <laughs> we have every. There was a lot of hype, a lot of rumors. Yeah. That, this summer is going to be the release. And then we get one model. And we get one model. <laughs> Good gracious, GW. And it's fine, guys. <laughs> now, do you think it's possible, though, that they are still going to release them in plastics? They're, one of the theories I read was that they're trying to burn out their old stock. They're trying to, like, buy time. Well, that makes sense. You yeah. have to get rid of the... Uh, kind of, like, ramping it's up only into... A, it's, all, it's a smart business. Well, their old stock doesn't need to be cleared out. It's pure. They can just... Uh, melt, melt it down. Thing down. Melt it down. It's right. completely reusable material. If it was plastic or fine gas, I'd understand. They're right now, by this time, they already ran out of all ev ev all their stock because the all the sister range has become a made to order right option right now. Right. That tells me that they don't have no stock. It makes no sense from that end. I mean, it's it's some kind of a trolling going on there. Okay. Well, it also could be what they're doing is uh, they're they're selling their old stuff, all the all the stuff in the storage units, to try and uh, I guess buff the funding for our re rehash of the sisters. So, do you, guys, do you guys think there is going to be a plastic version of the sisters, or do you think that we were we were tricked? I think there was a rumor that January might see a new plastic sister, like one uh, of the types of units, but I don't know if there's any validity to it. Yeah. They're just building hype, maybe. It might be. They've been building hype for a number of years. Obviously, it is not enough hype. They want enough hype where people are puking. Well, John, I will, not, I will not agree with that. So, John, actually. you're not a 40K <laughs> player, really. I'm ex-40K. Ex-40K. So, do you have any releases you're looking forward to this year that are not Games Workshop? Yes. Uh, the Project Z stuff by Warlord Games. Okay, sure. Great models. It's a mixture of plastics and metals. Sure. They're doing special sets where the one I just ordered it's a special ops, so you get a nice MDF special ops building, mm -hmm. heavy pad, and all the gubbins to go with that. Is the scale compatible with bolt action? Is there opportunity for kit bashing? Yes, there like, is, yeah. Could you do like a World War II version of oh, Project Z? It yeah. was in my mind to do so. Yeah, that'd be really um, cool. Warlord Games, very nice miniatures. Yeah. Quite crisp. Yeah. Um, yeah, I th I'm guessing it's all interchangeable. Sure. Um, and I had thoughts of doing uh, a World War II. Project Z zombie style game. They do. Um, I don't play a lot of video games, but there's a there's a, a game, a shooting game. What's it called? Um, uh, Modern Warfare. Yes. So they have with every um, there's a, a version of it where they have a zombie game where you basically are a, a soldier in Germany hunting down Hitler zombies. Oh yeah, it's and kind of cool. <laughs> it kind of brings yeah, up yeah, Sucker yeah. Punch. It's Nazi ridiculous, zombies. but so much fun. Nazi zombies. Yeah, that's yeah, what it is. Nazi, Nazi zombies. Um, I would kill to play that game as a miniature game. It's Just, a laugh. Yeah, sure. Yeah. It's a good laugh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you can't get you can't go wrong. for for a real beer and pretzels experience. Well, you know? for for I've played I've played that before, and uh, it, it's fun in games in like the lower the lower difficulties, but when you get to like the higher difficulties, it's where it becomes more of like you know a horror game because uh, you have if to doubt get at the Nazi zombies. You know, don't watch Outpost. Great horror movie. Well, and obviously we couldn't talk about releases without talking about Kingdom Death. Um, yeah, last time I checked, they were at eight million. Have they gone up again? Already? Just yeah. they were just below yesterday, so they may have hit eight million today. But right. yeah, they're, they're so it's slowed, but, I, but they have they have twenty days left to go. Yeah, almost three weeks. So I, my guess is that they will hit ten. They'll hit ten. Yeah, it'll yeah. be a big push at the end. At the end, they've yeah. released a couple new um, pledges that are 
starting at a thousand. Some yeah. of them are two thousand. It's just crazy. So um, that's one game I'm looking forward to releasing. Uh, so they got a bunch of new expansions and pinups. The other one I told I talked about a little while back. It's called Twisted. Um, that's like a steampunk skirmish game, and it's kind of based around um, like old London. Okay. Um, it's, it looks really interesting, but um, that should it was a Kickstarter that was funded last year, like late November. Sure. It should be coming out this tw uh, summer, twenty seventeen. So that would be exciting. Great miniatures, Golden Demon winners. That's um, sculpted them and everything. So. Oh. Have some prestige backing them, but pretty cool. Very cool. Um, all right. Well, um, with all the new games coming out, um, we are planning to do more battle reports in 2017. Whoop. It's one of the new things we're hoping to move into. We just had a couple custom-made tables made for the studio, so those um, we got a chance to check them out and try them out the other night. Um, and the tables work really great. They're 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 ideal for what we're doing them for. Oh yeah, definitely. So, and great storage space too for gaming stuff. Yeah. So without getting into too many details, we will we'll do be doing battle reports in the new year. We'll also be moving into more video. So we'll be doing stuff like you know Twitch and Patreon that kind of stuff, more YouTube videos. Um, but so that will be more on our, our New Year's podcast. We'll talk about that a little bit more. Uh, is there anything else you guys want to sort of do roundup before we take a quick break? Blood Bowl. Excited. Okay. Love so they've had it. two. They've had two releases so far, right? They've had the Skaven Blight Scramblers. Yep. Have they released any other teams yet, other than the core box? Just the set? core box set. Yeah, and yeah. that's it. And then they did Death Zone, the um, rule, the basic rule set. It's it, it's basically the old school rule set. I think they made a couple little changes, but sure. um, played it. It's just if, if you haven't played the game, give it a try. It's fantastic. Um, easy to learn, hard to master. Yeah, I think that's a really good way to put it. Love Bowl's great. Yeah, it, it is. is. It's, it's, it's so great. And it's, yeah. It's such got a, it's got like a like a, a cartoony fun feel to it, and uh, you can make your own miniatures. The conversion options are just just there's so many. There's a lot, and there's a lot of there's a lot of support in the three D um, in the three D the third party companies. And they just came like, out. Huge companies do a lot of teams for them. I think yesterday or the day before, with basically every team, mm -hmm. there was a lot of teams that were missed from the old one, um, the old um, edition, and they just came out. With them. I think Slams the only one that hasn't. Yeah, they got oh, they've got like ten different elf armies. I always love the dark elves. Teams. Love ulti. So yeah, yeah, they've got all kinds. So if they're if you're really partial to certain things, I'm sure they've got it. And Denny, you're planning to do a custom pitch for your field, right? Yeah, I'm working on it right now. Um, hopefully, once I get it done, um, we'll have it ready and we can uh, start manufacturing and make them ready. Uh, it's gonna yeah. be a very cool. We're gonna try to make them legit. Yeah, nice. All right, so lots to look forward to for next year. But right now, we're gonna take a quick break and we jump back in with on the painting desk right after this. Hey guys, it's Caleb with War Council. Are you a purveyor of stuff? Are you an entrepreneur with something to preneur? Do you sell things related to tabletop gaming, painting, or some other aspect of the miniatures hobby? Would you like to advertise to like at least three listeners a show? Then you've come to the right place. War Council has a limited number of sponsorship slots available. Each slot guarantees you a banner ad on the White Metal Games website, and we're at like 300 likes on Facebook right now, so clearly at least 300 people can be bothered to click the like button at some point in time in their lives. For $20 a month, we'll promote you and your products on the show. For $10 more, you can have an entire 30-second commercial. Like this one, only, you know, better and more relevant and stuff. Email us at info at for more information, and until you do, put your manies where your mouth is. We're going to jump into On the Painting Desk. Um, so uh, with this many people, uh, we've got a full house tonight. We're just going to keep it real, real brief. Um, so currently, um, right now, I'm working on a, uh, an Oni-inspired Skaven 
model that's meant to count as a bloodthirster in 40k, which gets really, really complicated the more that I describe it. But essentially, it's a we it's a winged vermin lord is what it is. It's a vermin lord, and the guy wanted it to have wings so you could count it for, for 40k as a bloodthirster. Um, and one of the cool things about that project is that I really got to kitbash a lot of bloodthirster bits into the model. Um, one of the nice things about having so many people in house is that when we have spare bits left over from projects, they always get put to something. So in this case, Denny had put together a couple of bloodthirsters in the past, and that really just gave us a, a, an influx of bits that we could use to make it really personalized. Um, it so looks great. Thank yeah, you. No, yeah, it's it's it coming does. along well. It's getting there. Um, so between that and just a couple Kingdom Death models, I don't have anything really on my desk actively. I've got three knights in the pipeline, one for a friend and two for clients that are coming up next week. Um, so the night battles that John and I are planning to do actually might be multi-night battles. <laughs> six. So we'll see how it goes. So, Philip, what are you working on right now? Uh, well, uh, me and Val have actually been working on a couple projects. So um, been tag-teaming some uh, some basic tabletop things. We just did a space two Space Hulks, actually. Yeah, uh, One was to a higher level, and the other one was to a tabletop. Um, we did... Uh, we've done some Night Lords, some Alpha Legion, some Kingdom Dead. <coughs> uh, we do have a Green Tau Army that we just finished up. Um, and now, what was, was that the one? Uh, we got a War Machine Convergence. Convergence out too. And then an old, old uh, Ogre Kingdoms model, Brog Slave Lord. Yeah, Brog Slave Lord. Yeah, super old. <laughs> Interesting to work on. <laughs> one of the nice things I do like about this job is that a lot of times collectors will come to us with really old models like that. Mm. I've been in the hobby 20 years. I've never heard of this guy. Yeah. And he was just an old school model pewter with like a slave coterie. Yeah. Um, did, you, did, you, did you find it was fun or did you find it was frustrating? Because the old models are harder for sure. Yeah. yeah. Putting it together, I didn't actually have to put it together. Uh, Val did most oh, Val of that. Val got that pleasure. <laughs> um, but it had a lot of putting that had to be done. Uh, one of the chains was like way too short. Like, oh, wow. like a centimeter too short, so I had to like use a jeweler, like a jewelry chain from Michaels. Um, so a little bit of pain there. Painting it, there's just a lot of weird details. Yeah. Like the leather stuff, like it, there's a leather mask that he has that's like kind of falling apart. He's got the, his ass is like hanging out. He's got this like thong, <laughs> this leather thong on, and his ass cheeks are just like right. You know, like, uh, it's just a weird model, but <laughs> it was interesting. <laughs> But do you think um, for modern clients that they wanted us to do like a kit batch of that? Like a take an ogre and sort of rebuild Brawl from a modern perspective. Do you think that would be something that, yeah, I, I don't know. If I'm uh, it'd be hard to use yeah. that model. I would just use a new model. Sure. I'd go with just a new, the, new just ogre start with plastics, new plastics and just cut yeah. those up. Because that was solid pewter. Every piece was, uh, it'd be very difficult to redo that. Sure. Yeah. Danny, what are you working on? Well, i got multiple projects, but... Um, and we'll talk about the other one later. It's the um, Magnus Thread. Yeah, sure. That's when we do the giveaway on that. Yeah. Um, that's on my painting desk. Uh, the Blood Bowl pitch, of course. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure if we're going to talk about it later on, but the one that I'm really excited for, this is my baby. I've uh, been getting this, the bits for almost over a year now, the model, and it's um, from Diagostini. They're a company that makes movies. Um, okay. And they made a one-to-one -one scale Millennium Falcon. Oh, yeah, you were talking Whoa. about those. Yeah. And it's going to have electronics that are mechanical. Now so it's not it's orders. not one one scale because that would be one the one, size. Not the actual size. That would be one the size one. of a ship. Wow. Yeah, it's a one to one scale yeah. of the Millennium Falcon um, prop. Yeah. So it's over three foot long, yeah. two or three foot wide, and it weighs close to forty pounds. It has a metal frame. 
um, put me back about fifteen hundred dollars. This was George's pension by the time right. yeah. <laughs> he was explaining to me that this company, what they do is they basically sell him. It's like a piece a month or something. I know, yeah, I've seen very well. Yeah. yeah. So they, they, it's essentially it becomes a collector's thing. You can't just go to the website and drop a bunch of money. Yeah, you can't just say, hey, here's $1,500. Yeah. Give me the whole thing. you got to get it for years. So yeah. I'm going to start working on that. i got all the boxes. Uh, i got everything at once. I'm just going to try to knock it out as soon as the year, at the end of the year, and I'll start. Is the idea time. with the releases, are you supposed to build the pieces as they come? As they come. Uh-huh. Yeah, so they really just manufacture good. like one piece, like a whole bunch at once? And then move on to the next yeah, piece. Yeah, so one week. Yeah, one week you get this, and it comes in a box and says, "Okay, here's the directions for this week." In it, it's like it could be you'll like build the, the cockpit. cockpit. Yeah. And then inside, it comes with a magazine each week that, or each month that you do it. And in that magazine, it, it gives you like behind the scenes stuff, like oh, when they filmed the movie, uh, Harrison Ford did this, or and it goes into super detail, like oh, this is what the actual Millennium Falcon was. This piece that you're doing, this is what it does. Very, That's very awesome. highly detailed. Um, nice. for if anybody's a collector, I'll be working on that. I might sell it, but uh, no, I might keep that. That might, might be my. Yeah, <laughs> I really, especially with the new Star Wars movies come out. If you haven't oh seen the new one, God. go see it. So that's long, that's what I'm going to How long did it take to get all the parts? A year. A year. It takes a year to buy the parts, and they don't do it so that you can't get it all at once. So. You just give them fifteen hundred, and they'll slowly give you the parts throughout. Yeah, the year. I paid two hundred dollars a month for a year. Okay. You can do it sixty dollars a month for two years, but I'm impatient. Well, I'm not good at math, but isn't two hundred dollars a month for a year more than fifteen hundred? That's like twenty. Well, it's like whatever. It's close <laughs> to that. Yeah. Yeah. It was like ten thousand. I'm not it's, great. It's, it's, <laughs> that's really cool. So that's neat because that's kind of different. You know, it's not anything. I've never seen anything like that before. Yeah, it'll be great when it's done. Um, again, I don't know if I'll sell it, but I might keep it. But I don't know. We'll see. So if there's interested people, email us and we'll see if Denny's going to sell anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it'll be hard to dissuade me from keeping it. John, what are you working on? Well, I've got a few things I'm working on. I'm working on uh, the Salamanders Army, which I just recently picked up. Which Yeah, a whole army. Yeah, a whole army. My first whole army. It's fun. Yeah, um, Yeah, the client, just, uh, he paid for it all level one, but I managed to... Uh, Your version of level one. Yeah, my so version it's, it's important one. to note that although we are a studio, we don't have any sort of like... Yeah, what do you call it? Non-compete clauses. So essentially, everybody does their own thing. John paints on the side. The guys have their own private commissions. Denny's picked up some private work. John paints for himself. I think for the most part. Yeah. Do you ever do commissions on the side other than me? No, no really. not really. Okay, that's cool. Well, people like you go. Well, how much do you charge? Well, you want this done, this done. It's going to be twenty, twenty-five bucks. That's a lot of money for one figure. Oh yeah, welcome to welcome to our life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then I just don't do it. Yeah. I think that's the better. I think that's the better solution. Yeah, yeah. Just if you don't, if you're not, get, if you don't get paid what you think you're worth, just don't take the job. Yeah. Because then there's no reciprocity. There's no, no. like resentment. No. Yeah. I just don't do it. Yeah. Sure. Then uh, um, finishing up some Blood Angels, finishing up some BattleTech figures, and then so I've got a full desk right now. Yeah. Then then I have my uh, my personal project, which ironically tied into how uh, the Space Wolves uh, Thousand Suns final battle thing. Oh, cool. So um, nice. finishing that up. So yeah, I got a full full table right now. Oh, wow. Plus, we're still working full time at Target. So oh so. yeah. So you're a busy, busy guy. Busy, busy guy. I don't know how I'd do it. Lots of slamming my head into the table, probably. Uh, Val, do you have anything to add from when you and Philip were talking about? You guys just—I mean, I think this kind of got glossed over, but you guys just killed projects this week. Just really, just blew. Yeah. I was really blown away by how fast you guys were. And the thing is, is that painting models fast is not necessarily the thing. It's painting models fast and well. I could paint a model fast and it all looked like the Joker. 
The thing is, is paying them fast with skill is the challenge. And I, I know when I look at them, they're going to be great. So. Thanks, Paul. Yeah, um, I don't think I forgot anything. Oh, the uh, Tau Commander. Sure. That was uh, interesting. Uh, I chose basically the client sent us a picture of uh, a lightning, lightning storm. storm and yeah. said, I want this on the on this uh, Tau Commander suit. Sure. That, that took quite a bit. Of, it didn't take that much time to actually execute the paint job, but just to plan it out, and figure out concept, concept stage. And I'm not sure. I'm, I might have to re-go do something else. I'm just not sure. I mean, I did what I thought I could right now. Sure. But we'll, and we made a snapshot. We'll see whether the client likes it or so not. So we've, we've kind of been tossing around the term environmental effects, yeah. which yeah, I think yeah. is apropos because you'll see, like, um, I see this a lot with, like, the Tau, for example that they'll have like um, a starscape painted on their ships. And it's essentially that they're not painting, you know, to the model, they're painting like an environment on the model to make it look right stellar or cool or just different. And yeah. Essentially but, that's but this in your opinion, a starscape on a fly surface mm -hmm. uh, ship, you know, that's that's still gonna be a painting. Right. Well the challenge here was to make the the model look as if he's going through the storm. So sure. Mostly light lighting effects right. on him. Now the client did uh, specifically say he wants some lighting on it, and that's actually kind of breaking the illusion up a little bit. So let's try to figure out between those two. But it was it was definitely different than anything else I've seen recently. On yeah, Spark. Yeah. So it's kind of neat. It'd be but interesting to see if that could be turned into an army and how that would be done. But that would be definitely on the higher tier and definitely a good chunk of time yeah. in advance. But could be an interesting thing to do. What about those, uh, uh, you guys just started working on uh, the Dark Eldar? Oh yeah, so we finally, uh, <laughs> we've been, uh, John and I have been kind of pressuring Philip into uh, doing a little bit of the kill teams because Philip has a okay. large collection of minis mm -hmm. and so we finally got him. Said, you know what, I want just, I just want to paint these guys up, I want to start playing. So we kind of got pulled everything out and he actually has three fractions, three factions of Eldar in his collection and yeah I mean it's basically it's Eldar Dark Eldar Harlequin Army so okay. it's got tidbits of everything um, uh, so it's just gonna I'd like to be able to run them all together or in different formats but um, yeah it's a pretty diverse diverse army it's a decent amount of models a lot of Harlequins so I think we're gonna <laughs> say no to the diamond pattern and try and do a different unique approach because I don't really care for the diamonds and Denny just did. See, I love the diamond ones. I, I love do it. it on a yeah, I, I was cussing at them when I was painting them, but I love <laughs> it. I mean, I painted the diamonds. I just don't. I want to do something different than just diamonds. It doesn't have to be as complex as diamond or a pattern, but we we're looking at different ways to do uh, like freehand and stuff that would tie all the armies together, as opposed to trying to use diamonds to tie everything together. Like, I don't want to do that. So. Yeah, I think we uh, kind of played around with the idea of unifying everything with basically almost like two, three colors. Now making them look, ex each faction making them look distinct by just using the proportional amount of those colors, that's where the kick is going to be. So when you're putting it all together, you're going to be able to see where the Eldar are, where the Dark Eldar are, where the Harlequins are, but also it's going to have a very unified kind of army look. So just to sort of like maybe summarize that and make that a little simpler for some of our listeners, if people didn't know what the actual units were, color palette-wise, they'd be able to quickly see where the dark, these they are, dark, these yeah, they are. Yeah, okay. Because with dark color and LR, sometimes if you're not if you're not a big 
if you don't know the armies, yeah. it's very easy to, to confuse them. If you don't they really, have a very similar shape. All yeah. like even the, like the Venom from the Dark Eldar and sure. the Skyweaver or whatever Starweaver. Right. Essentially, they're the same chassis, the same, just yeah. a little bit bigger. That's so that's a really cool idea using colors to sort of help differentiate the mm -hmm. factions. That's smart. Mm -hmm. well, that makes sense for any kind of gaming because when I'm used to tournaments. I didn't know the other armies. I didn't know what the miniatures looked like. So sure. it was kind of nice to have. And some of them looked exactly the same. When I used to play Wood Elves, I didn't know the difference between a Glade Dancer and a, a whatever they had. Now, by contrast, there's some strategy to that, though. We don't really get into meta talk that much. Yeah. But, like, there is an advantage to making everything look universal because one of the things I've heard in tournaments a lot is go after the best painted model first. Because, generally speaking, that's what they put a lot of their time into. <laughs> that's their showpiece. That's the one they want to stand out on the table. Kill that first. So go from best painted to worst painted, and it's a good strategy. Oh, that Sounds sense. silly, no, but like yeah, start with sense. the best painted model, like kill that off, or, or go against the guy that has all gray. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I had an army. I had a game one. One of the uh, not one of the rare games I had back in fifth ed was a Space Marine army that I ran that was painted sand that was playing on a sand table. When I left the store, I had to come back in to pick up the units because I couldn't see them. I lost them. That was silly. <laughs> but the game that I played, the guy just did not notice two That's units of assault marines <laughs> at all. And when they hit, it was just out of the blue. So sometimes it's courting, but you sure, know, sure. if well, anything goes. With uh, uh, Philip's army, it also presents a unique play style. He's not, it's not just three factions. Just those factions has its specialty, like the uh -huh. Eldar. Our heavy shooty army, um, the Dark uh -huh. Eldar, they pack a wall up even if they can't take a hit. And then sure. you have the Harlequins who just slaughter in melee. Yeah, yeah. You combine that you, and, you, and you figure out a good formula for that, you can have a terrifying. Yeah, army. we're not really a rules podcast. We're not really <laughs> going into that. Right? John, what are you working on right now? Well, I've got a few things. I've got some Dutch Dread miniatures that I'm working on. I just watched the original of that two nights ago. Oh, the, uh, the, the newer one. one's better. The newer one is better. Yeah. 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 The original one is awesome. so bad. Yeah. Like, I was oh just like, God. Diane oh. Lane was in that movie. I was like, what the fuck is she That's doing here? Dread oh. doesn't kiss people. Yeah. Dread has no sense of humor. Yeah. He'll blow your kneecaps off. He doesn't take his helmet off. Yeah, I was not impressed. The Dread with collar that rocks. Yeah, I like the new one a lot. That's really just good. like the comic book. Yeah. Um, but there's a miniatures game, which is really good. Cool. Sorry, who makes it? Sadly, Warlord. Warlord games. I mean, I think you're a rep for Warlord games. I know, it's frightening. amongst our ranks. Yes, I'm sorry. I'm also working on some Dark Future stuff. Nice. Which was an old games workshop game. I believe they wanted the... It's their version of Mad Max. They wanted the Mad Max license. Oh, nice. I've had the game three times. Okay. Once when it first came out, then I sold it. The second time I bought it and sold it when I moved here to America. I've been and bought it again, so I've got the original cars from like thirty odd years ago. So I'm repainting awesome. those. The miniatures are terribly, terribly expensive. Yeah, they're like seventy five dollars because they're ten fifteen mils. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I found another company, a guy called Stan Johansson, down in Florida, who makes the same scale stuff. Sure. And little add-ons. So I'm working mm -hmm. on that as well. But I want to make some nice roadways. Some bomb markers, all that nice stuff. Then do you, great do you think with stuff. GW releasing more of their specialist games, there's a, a call to go back oh, to that? I hope so. Yeah. I hope they release Dark Future again with the modern plastic technology. Get some stunning right. models out. That would be really stunning. Cool. Nice. As long as they don't charge an arm and a leg. Sure. I love the idea of Space Hulk. Great game. That 
that's obscenely expensive right now to re- go buy it. The game? Yeah. I think it's about 150 bucks. Yeah, it's yeah. a lot of money yeah. if you've got like budget for kids and Sure, else. sure, yeah, yeah. It's a lot of money to spend on a game. I agree. For for what is essentially a standalone supplement. Yeah, yeah. Now you can use the miniatures in theory outside of the game. You can. Because we've done that before. You have to rebase them or magnetize yeah. them. But they're not it's not easy. No. It's not they're not designed for that. They intentionally made it kind of hard to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, if they make it a reasonable price, eighty, ninety dollars, it's reasonable. I can handle sure. that. So I think the new blood bowl is what, a hundred bucks? Yeah, uh, I think that's right. 90. 90. 90. That's very doable. That's, that's very doable. It's not yeah. such a dent. Sure. But when you go into the regions of 150, 200. Yeah. Yeah, that's some serious cash thing. I'm with you. I think people lose track of that these days because they get, the prices are so high now yeah. that they kind of lose track of like what something should cost. So yes. To speak, but. And to be honest, at the end of the day, it's a hunk of plastic which costs, I know the mold costs to make, but it costs pennies. Once no, you're not it. wrong. It's yeah. the equivalent of like, you know, the shoe doesn't cost $150, it costs 10 cents to make. But yeah. But it's, it, 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 something sells for what it can sell for. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. So. All right, well, um, because we're getting a little long in the tooth, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to jump back in with our service spotlight right after this. Need a model assembled or painted but no money to spare? White Metal Games is now offering trade-ins. Send us pictures of your old models, bits, boxes, even new kits. Make us an offer we can't refuse. Don't like negotiating and haggling? White Metal Games also offers consignment services. You can send us your old models, books, games to sell. We sell them through our eBay store, and you pocket 55% of the sales price. You don't have to worry about eBay fees, PayPal fees, shipping fees. There's no crazy percentages, just easy money. Contact us at info at whitemetalgames.com today. We're going to jump into Service Spotlight tonight, and tonight we're going to talk about a contest that we announced last time on the show, um, and we will actually be um, uh, releasing this model um, starting in January. So um, Thousand Suns came back out, Rubric Marines, um, uh, and they released a new Magnus the Red model, which we've talked about on the show before. Love it or hate it, it certainly is a controversial piece. Um, And so we liked it enough that we decided to, to have Denny paint one up for us. Uh, Denny, uh, so you basically we brought you the model. You're gonna assemble it, paint it up. Yeah. Which face did you go with, out of curiosity? Because I didn't Cyclops. give you any rules. Cyclops. I I'm so glad you said that. I like that one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was fan. gonna go for the other one where it was yeah, yeah. like it looked like he stuck a gem in the it. The Odin kind of thing. Yeah. But then yeah. I thought, ah, Cyclops looks cooler. I like the Cyclops. Did, one. He did mutate, so yeah. he'd already lost the eye, right? Because from the fluff, he like ripped the eye out or something. Well, Val is over here know. cringing pretty hard because like I know, there's there's very rich lore. My opinion of it is is that he's a class figure and they reproduced him in a bigger scale yeah. so again very controversial figure doesn't matter you have a chance to win and fully painted for free doesn't cost you a dollar yep. here's the basic idea of the contest and the full terms will be released on our website before the end of the month but the basics are this we'll have a contest page you'll go to white metal games slash contests and there'll be a specific link for the magnus the red contest all you have to do to enter the only thing is fill out a very brief form Basically, it's your name, your email address, you're going to sign up for our newsletter, and there's a couple questions about your wargaming habits. What armies you'd like to play, what armies you'd like to see us paint up in the new year for studio samples, what games you're, you're hoping to, to see released, that sort of thing. We also have a question on there about Titan Rentals and Tandem Commissions for 2017. If you want to do any Tandem Commissions, we're still exploring those possibilities. And really, that's it. So you answer about four or five questions, takes you four or five minutes, and you're entered into a chance to win. The drawing will be random, and it should be on February 2nd, I think. Think is the date we're aiming for. So the contest will run from January 2nd to February 2nd. 
So that's basically it for now. Stay tuned for details. Listen in. No purchase necessary to buy. 14 or older to qualify. And essentially worldwide you can enter. There's a few countries that we, we said you couldn't do it because essentially you can't legally send the mail. The Koreas, your thing with you. <laughs> uh, Ukraine, unfortunately, uh, which is fine. But for the most part, worldwide, free shipping. You are responsible for tariffs and international duties on your end, but that's it. Uh, so that's fully painted deal. model. The model retails are for 130 the paint job, even what we call electrum level, retails for around two hundred or so. And it's all pastel. That's mm -hmm. my that's my style. So yeah. so so you know, basically, you're talking about a model valued at around four hundred dollars or so for free. All you have to do to enter is just enter your name on the form. So follow the link when the link is live. Enter for your chance to win. Can we enter? No. <laughs> there is a, there Can is I a, win? No. There, there, is a, there is, unfortunately, we actually do have a terms and conditions page where someone said, well, you know, no, like, subsidiaries, blah, 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 employees. No. Why would you win your own miniature? Because <laughs> then he doesn't have to give it away. Yeah, no. no <laughs> Change my name. So. Anyway, but stay tuned for your chance to win. Whitemetalgames.com slash contest. Start paying attention January 2nd for your chance to enter. Uh, no purchase necessary to win. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll jump back in with our tips on technique right after this. Let's be honest, you'd rather be playing than painting. Let White Metal Games take the hassle out of painting and assembling your miniatures. We have a team of dedicated professionals who will make sure your miniatures stand out on the tabletop. Contact us at info at whitemetalgames.com. White Metal Games. Put your minis where your mouth is. Alright guys, we're going to jump into tips on technique. Um, so, as Christmas draws close, we are thinking about... Um, all the things you're hopefully getting in your stockings this year or uh, under the tree, lots of people are expecting cool purchases from their parents or for themselves, from wives and spouses. Uh, but along with the things you're buying, you might want to think about getting your hobby desk ready for 2017 for New Year. So uh, tonight we're going to give you a couple quick tips and techniques on things that you should pick up for the holiday or ask to pick up for the holiday, maybe gifts, uh, things that you should request that may make your life easier in 2017. So uh, kind of a, a Christmas list for hobbyists. Um, so I'm going to start this one off. Um, so recently a friend of mine bought me, uh, or a friend of mine, a relative came to stay with us a couple weeks ago. And um, I had been admiring, he has a magnifying lamp at his house, and I'd been admiring it. And uh, he asked me if I was going to pick one up, and I said, no, it's, it's really kind of a low, a low uh, item for me right now. It's not it's hugely important. Um, but for me, my eyesight's a little poor, so whenever I paint super fine details on miniatures, I have to wear magnifiers. And it's always kind of a pain in the ass because they're kind of clunky and they're kind of heavy and I never get the range quite right so I'm always giving people mustaches when they don't need them and shit. And it just it never works out. So he got me this magnifying lamp which basically is on a, a movable arm. The magnifier is something like 10 times and it's got a lit uh, white light LED, daylight balanced LED in it. It's perfect. So it's big enough that I can put my hands under the globe and it magnifies it to a really nice degree. Didn't really cost that much. I think he paid 90 bucks for it, really not that bad. You can probably pick it up on sale um, after the new year. Um, so I'm gonna put a link to that light in there, which I really thought was great. Um, so what do you guys think? What, what, are some, what are some Christmas gifts that people should maybe think about adding to their list this year? Philip? Um, well, something that we've been complaining about in, <laughs> a lot in our studio is lack of lighting. So yeah. I would love to get uh, some like high-end um, daylight lamps, uh, long, probably like halogen type bulbs that are just long that take up the whole desk and light everything properly because I just, I, I'm tired of working like halfway in the dark or in 
when you think about how your eyes strain too, yeah. like longevity wise, if you want to do this your whole career, more light is going to help you. For sure. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I think I've seen those on Amazon. You can pick them up for like really not that bad, a little over 100 bucks each now. Sometimes, yeah. 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 It depends on the brand and the quality. And yeah. Cool. Well, if you have one you recommend, we'll put a link to it. I'll be looking for them. <laughs> okay. All right. Danny, what about you? Well, since I'm a nurse, it's got to be a spray booth. Okay. Because I'm an airbrusher, I love airbrushing, sure. and you know you can't be breathing that stuff. And I don't even care if it's acrylic; it's still going into your lungs. It's coating your lungs. Mm -hmm. That's not what your lungs are meant to do. Is to take right. that kind of stuff. And if you start with enamels, which I'm thinking about maybe getting into, that's really smelling. You need one. Um, do you have one that you use, or I'm getting ready to, especially because it's a holiday. If you have a little money to spare, or somebody gives you a gift card, this is a good time because they're only like eighty, ninety dollars, hundred dollars for. Have you ever have stuff. you tried? Are we talking about like the smaller ones, like the Pash airbrush yeah. station? Have you ever tried one? No, I I, I, I found them very restrictive when I tried. I've used some of them in the past, but not the little ones. I mean, I've. I just found that like I mean, I'm not trying to like shoot it down. No. There's all sorts of different ones out there, and I think yeah. that people can find the one that's right for them. You gotta find the right one. That's yeah, I think so. Uh, we had I got in consignment about two years ago. This guy had brought in this industrial one, and it was probably like three feet long. I would have loved to have kept it, but it was just it was way too high value for me to afford it. But um, yeah. but they make some really nice high end yeah. ones. Yeah, and you could probably DIY your own. Probably. But um, yeah, I just I'm, I'm all about the health because I just. I, I wear a mask, or even just a mask. I, I went and I took a couple of things from like N95 masks, mm -hmm. which is like a TB mask for nurses. Right. If you can find one of those, I don't know what the prices are, but I mean, even something like that, especially with acrylics, it's not important you get a full filtration mask. Sure. But even just a mask or something. Just protect your lungs. Yeah, protect your lungs, because you know, you want to do this for years. You want to be dying from something where you can't breathe. It's not fun to not breathe. No, I'm, I'm with you. This has been health tips with them. Yes. Who is a medical or a nurse? I'm a registered yeah. nurse. Yeah. So I'm actually so kind of legit. Us. I'm legit. <laughs> Anybody want a cigarette? Yeah. <laughs> As I'm smoking a cigarette. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't smoke. Jonathan, what about you? Um, definitely uh, kind of a, an add-on to Denny's. Um, maybe like a breathing uh, filter mask for when you're priming. Because I know if you use an airbrush, you know, uh, same thing. Things just get where they don't need to go. But I know there's some of us who like to use aerosol can for priming because it's a nice primer. Uh -huh. and that stuff has nasty, nasty chemicals in it uh -huh. that can really screw you up if you breathe it in too much. So I wear, I wear a, ga a mask when I do. Are them. you borrowing Denny's thing right now? Is that kind of. Okay. I said adding on to it. Uh huh. Like like <laughs> that's just now. Now the thing I would suggest is definitely a quality. Paintbrush, okay. something that lasts, not right. like like the Michaels um, stuff. Like Michaels has decent brushes, uh, but they don't—they're not quality. They don't last long. Yeah, Michaels, I feel like is more of a craft store. They're not really a painting store. Yeah, I like, mean they have paints, but they're pretty crappy. Yeah, like, like a, a good one that, so I, that was suggested to me was uh, Windsor Newton brushes. Sure, the, nice. the uh, Zero series, uh -huh. very good. Um, I haven't gotten any yet, but I would love a set. <laughs> so what do you paint with? What is your brush right now? So right now I'm using, um, it's, it's from Michaels. It's one of their professional. So you just gave this long speech <laughs> about why you don't like Michaels. And then you're using Michaels brushes. Like, uh -huh. So definitely, okay, well, I guess to be fair, the point of this segment is what you want for Christmas. Right. So, okay. So maybe, maybe, maybe we'll talk to, your, talk to Santa about that one and see if he shows up. So. Santa, to take all that coal back. Well, I know that Val and Philip. I know you guys have used Windsor Newtons in the past. Would you recommend those to hobbyists who are looking for a better brush? 
depends on what level you're getting into. Okay. I mean, those brushes, they are expensive. You do have to take care of them sure. for them to last long. Sure. No brush is ever going to be like, you know, like you said, uh, that, you know, something that lasts long just by itself. You can take care of a brush. What do you think the shelf life on a brush should be? Uh, should be or sure. is it really Both, depends on it really depends on the fiber of the uh, well how long is your how long is, uh, let's say um, so I've used Winsor Newtons in the past and I, I to be fair I was I think I'm pretty hard on my brushes I don't know if I'm, I'm a good candidate for this but I just picked up a couple GW brushes recently because I wanted a couple new brushes mine were kind of getting old and they're pretty good but I'm surprised by how quickly they're starting to wear out like not long at all like I've only had for about a month and already I'm starting to see yeah. signs of wear and tear. And GW doesn't use high uh, high quality uh, for for the fibers. No, I agree. They they save money. Yeah. So because some of the like the fine red sa Russian red sable, sure. that stuff is expensive as hell. Yeah. So you know a brush can go up to about twenty. What is it like twenty five bucks? So for a single for brush. Actually, for Windsor Seven, you can buy them on Amazon for cheap. So I, GW brushes, I agree. They 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 crap out pretty quickly, and they're you're usually paying about seven eight dollars per brush. Right. Uh, Windsor Sevens, I mean, I get them for between ten to fourteen dollars for the triple uh, zero to a size one. And, and how that's long would you say? Need. What would you say the life on your brushes? Oh, excellent, much larger. So uh, a GW brush, I'd usually wear it about a month. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty heavy on mine. The Windsor Sevens, I've been, I've had the same set since May, yeah. and they're still pretty decent. Yeah. So they last months longer. So for a few dollars more, you're getting a lot better quality brush. I like the Army Painter brushes. Yeah. <laughs> you have some that, decent ones. I mean, they've got that yeah. nice triangular handle. See, I don't like which the sits nicely in your hand. <laughs> it works for me. Yeah, and they're reasonable value. They last a reasonable amount of time. Mm -hmm. um, but like all things. They die in the end. Do you like um, Lester Burley? Who was selling us? He was he was pushing a set of brushes a while ago that was like it was bigger. It wasn't the triangle handle idea, but the idea was that the handle was bigger than they traditionally are, so they would be more ergonomically friendly. Do you guys have an opinion on that? Do you like bigger handle brushes or smaller handle brushes? I like smaller handle brushes. Yeah, yeah. more control. I feel like I do. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's like if you're holding a brick in your hand while you're trying to put a highlight into an eye of a 25, 28 mil mm -hmm. size mini. I mean, just well, I think their idea was wrong. that you, you don't have to be holding it like this to do the detail. You can still hold it like this, right. and the tip of the brush is the same. Right. It's, what they're trying to do is they're trying to release some of the pressure from the cram that you get with the three-pointed right. fingers. But, I mean, if you're putting pressure while you're trying to hold the brush in, you're gonna strain your fingers no matter the size of the sure. uh, handle. So I okay. don't really think it's matter. I think it's like a, a like a selling point. Like GW, you have this prank with a left-handed brush. <laughs> you know, I think that's what it is. It's just a way to differentiate themselves from this. Well, what's on your uh, Christmas list, Sal? Um, I would love to get a painting rack, actually, do something to okay. store paints. Uh, now, not the full set. I'm not thinking about like doing this crazy wall full of paints. Because that's just not going to work for me. Something to hold a basic set that I'm working on, that I'm utilizing right now. Because I like to keep all my stuff. Um, so like a way. laser cut MDF yeah. rack. Yeah. yeah. Do you have like a brand in mind that you like more than others? Actually, I haven't been able to find anything that I'm really. Uh, you know, Death Ray Designs right puts out some racks too. Yeah. I know. I know. I've looked at their uh, stuff, but a couple of my friends actually produce them, so I try to get them through those. That's right. 
Um, John, what about you? Well, I would also choose a paint rack, maybe an airbrush holder. Okay. To replace That's the, cool. yeah, yeah. To replace yeah, the uh, bed yeah. coat hanger that I currently use. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. nice. What about the, uh, what's the air, the brush, cl airbrush cleaner, the Pot, oh yeah, pot, that is a two-in-one. Yeah, they're good. They're good. That's because yeah. that's a two-in-one. Yeah, I've one of They're pretty good. Yeah, they're only like ten bucks. You know, I didn't realize this for many, many years, but one of the best reasons to have an airbrush holder is that if you just put it on your desk and it falls off, I think yeah. as we've all learned, bent needle, bent tip. Yeah. So essentially, like you need to protect your airbrush is a huge investment. So protect your investment yeah. with essentially a ten to fifteen dollar holder, yeah. and that will save you lots of money. Or be cheap like me and have a bent cup. Or have a code hanger. Yeah, exactly. Actually, I think I'm going to change my answer. I think I'm going to change my answer to uh, no, take back. to an airbrush. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'll Go ahead. say whatever you want, but I think I'm uh, really need to invest in uh, another airbrush. My answer is yeah. dead. What are you currently using? I'm using uh, German-made hardness Steinbeck Evolution 2. Okay, and what are you thinking about that? Uh, hardness and the same back so evolution, same, same silver brand, line. same model. So, so it's not the same model, it's oh, okay. a higher end model. Alright. Uh, usually comes with a set of two needles, a point two and a point four. Nice. So that can give you the range, but it has a very good, very smooth control. Cool. Those are really, really good brushes. So it's come with a targeting system? Hmm? It's come with a targeting system? <laughs> That's the skill, son. <laughs> that would be a funny little gag gift, like a little laser sight on your airbrush. Like, segment I wanted to talk briefly since it is Christmas it is winter um, obviously snow for some parts of the country they're already getting blasted with snow and some parts are not so much like here today it was 70 degrees so definitely no snow in, in sight for us although it's supposed to freeze this week so yeah. like the, yeah, the temperature is all over the board we don't get snow we get ice um, and, and John you're from you're from England so I am you're certainly very familiar with snow yes say. indeed Al's from Russia I would say the most familiar with snow probably. <laughs> Cliché is so Certainly many gods. So many and, and, major, and major cartoon villains, I think, yeah. for the most part. Also, <laughs> major all villains in general. Yeah, it's definitely. Uh, <laughs> but I'll own it. <laughs> so um, I think snow basing is one of those things that people struggle with. So I, in addition to sort of setting up a hobby desk, we're going to go around and just kind of give some quick tips, so to speak, for snow basing, ice basing. Uh, and you know, really, this isn't really. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna start this because I've struggled with it, like anybody does. I think the only tip I might give for this is, um, and people can agree or disagree with me, is that so the snow flock material, the ballast material, is oftentimes semi-transparent. I'd say. Mm -hmm. So because of that, having a base color, I think one of the things I've done in the past is the area where I'm going to apply snow is I'll I'll paint a little white, um, and that will allow a backing for the snow material, so that when the snow goes down. Um, it, it has something beneath it that's not just dirt. Um, another trick I've picked up is I've used resin sand, which is an, a, 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 a medium. You can pick it up from Michaels, uh, as Jonathan likes. Uh, not their brushes, but you can pick up their basic materials like that for, I don't know, not much. Resin sand runs about $8 for a 16-ounce container. And essentially, it's like a spackle material. Put it down, smooth it out like a mound of snow, and then just stack your snow on top of that. Put a light dusting down when you first put it down. Let that cure for a day or so, and then dust some more on there. Uh, it's not perfect. It's certainly a poor man's haberdash solution, but it's better than, than I think, just dropping down flock. Because when you think of snow, it, it mounds, I think. Like, mm -hmm. the snow generally is compacted. So I never see, like, like a dusting of snow is just, it doesn't always look right on a miniature. 
hard to achieve that effect. Yeah. Now you, now Val and Philip, you guys just did the, the Creed board a few months ago, which was a snow board for the most part. It was <laughs> it was ice, snow, and mud. Do you guys have any tips from that board that you picked up? Um, that was a struggle. Uh, we wanted to give it that, like as you mentioned, like a light snow. Like yeah. It just like slowly built up in some areas. Cold, but, but not winter. Like yeah. The beginnings of winter. And unfortunately, it's very hard to achieve that. So we had to do a lot of layers. Um, we started off with baking soda, then we added the white flock stuff on top. To, um, and it, it came out pretty decent. Now, some people a, say that baking soda will yellow over time. Did you guys have any worries about that at all? No, I was actually counting on it because that okay. mixture of uh, pure flock, that artificial made snow, and the baking soda is going to give you that mix between the cool and the warm. Okay. Now, if you're using a straight up baking soda, yeah, it's gonna, it's not going to look right. Yeah. I mean, unless you were doing like a schoolyard scene with a little yellow snow, but <laughs> I, which might be a good good thing to do, by the way. But sure. um, generally, just we used the baking soda as a bulk okay. because there was a lot of the way we were doing it. it it's probably more opaque as well, I would say. It is more opaque, so yeah. it's a good base color, like sure. a base coat, like an underneath coat. But we were uh, we had to blow a lot of material around and lock it in, having that kind of dragon effect. Sure. So you know, using uh, like GW snow or woodland scenic snow would be such a waste. So it just made more sense to build it up with a cheaper material and then you finalize it with a more uh, stable. Now, since you mentioned GW, one of our clients. So recently, you and you and Philip did a, a Lehman Russ Platinum level, which is a beautiful looking model. Um, and the client originally wasn't for sure he wanted to go with snow, and he was asking about the GW, uh, what do they call it, frost medium or blizzard medium? or It's the... Um, it's a technical paint. Yeah. So essentially it's white paint mixed in with, like, I'm going to go with sand. Yeah. So he was asking whether or not that was any good, and we quickly steered him away from that yeah. because it is basically white paint and sand. Yeah, it's bad. So <laughs> we would definitely sand. say don't use that. No. Um, GW makes a good, a decent product for snow. Um it's, it's basically snow flock, but it's it's more like fiber. Uh-huh. So when I what I ended up doing for Lehman Russ's base, um, I mixed that with uh, just like wood glue. Uh-huh. Um, I use the Gorilla wood glue. And sometimes if you want to give it like a wet effect, I'll put in a little um, water effect from Woodland Scenics. Just mix that up and really just plop it down. Um, you can spread it out. You can use a little bit of water to help thin it down certain areas, and it gives a good effect. It doesn't you don't see through it very clearly. It's now, I've heard mixing in water effects will basically um, give you like a wet snow appearance. Is that? Did you yeah, guys find that like to be the case? Yeah, like if you want to make it look like it's melting in yeah. certain areas. Like it looks great if you add it to um, like the edge of a lake or something where it started to melt a bit from the water. Those so it'll get, kind of give it like a shiny appearance or mm-hmm. like glossy almost. Yeah. Yeah. What about, um, I know that um, Secret Open Miniatures puts out a, a material called um, uh, glass... Crushed glass. Crushed glass. Yeah. And um, Kenny Boucher over at um, uh, Next Little Painting, he speaks very highly of it. I've never had the opportunity to use it. Do you guys have any experience with that, anybody? Haven't, uh, I haven't tried it out yet. yet. Something okay. I definitely would want to There's a lot of warnings on it since Denny mentioned oh, the Info 95. Yeah. It is literally glass. Yep. So, John, you do a lot of weird basing. Have you had any experience with like snow or ice basing? I've had no real luck with snow. Mm-hmm. It's always come out looking really nasty. And I tried using the baking soda and the wood glue mixture, sure. and that didn't work. For the ice, I just use uh, the water effects, right? And you get the ice cool look, yeah. or 
real smooth. So you just kind of squeeze it out, put it on like wax paper or something? Um, I'll squeeze it out, put it on palette paper, mm -hmm. and I just take my, my sculpting tool and kind of mishmash it around until I get the right look. Sure. If I want an icicle, I'll put a, a long streak to try and taper it off, and you can actually peel it off. Um, and that works just fine. When How long does it take for those to dry before you can really work? Normally overnight. Okay. In a warm room. Yeah, sure. Normally overnight. Okay. Nice. You, sure. it, it looks white and it will shrink itself so that you can peel it off the wax paper or whatever you want to do with it. Okay. That's made by Woodland Scenic. It is. Yeah. Um, it's not a terrible, maybe 10 bucks a bottle. It's not yeah, terrible. Their basic material is really not that bad. They sell these big containers of, of ballast and flock that really aren't that expensive at all. Yeah. I'm a bit more fussy when it comes to the grass texture, I like the GW stuff. Mm -hmm. It's like strange, fibery. Yeah, it looks like blades of grass. It's really good stuff. Mm -hmm. Speaking of static grass, Denny, you recently picked up a static um, static grass applicator. That sounds very, very, very fancy. So, so it, it really, basically, what it does is it generates like a, a small electric field. Right? Yeah. So what you do is it's uh, a really simple design. It's like a, you take a flashlight almost. And uh, it has a container, um, which is, I, I think it's encased in like metal. It charges up the sure. static grass. Right. And then there's a, a positive and negative. The negative is a lead that you stick onto like um, the glue, wherever you're, whatever surface you're going to use. You just, uh, you can take like an alligator clip with like a needle, stick it to it. And then uh, you have to stay within, I want to say it's like six to 12 inches away. So that way the static is charged enough. And then when you sprinkle on, the blades shoot straight up and down. Uh, I used it for the blood bowl. Yeah. How did you find that work? Oh, I love it. Actually, yeah. I, do. I like it a lot. Yeah, really cool. So, yeah. Um, yeah, not that I mean, I don't necessarily think it would work with snow per se, but uh, no, but if not. you were going to do like when it comes to winter, like a lot of times football is played on a field that is snowing. Yeah. So maybe you could do a mix or something like that. Yeah, I mean, you can make it if, if you did it lightly. Yeah. You can make. I mean, grass does come out of snow, stick out of snow, especially if it's a light coat. Sure. Cool. Right, was anyone else have any final tips for snow rice? Add some uh, white paint if you're gonna make like deep snow. Yeah. What I did was I used um, uh, Woodland Scenics. I, I'm a big proponent of Woodland Scenics products. Mm -hmm. um, so if you're gonna do it, add a little white to it. I was deep snow. I did some Yetis um, from Reaper a few years ago, and, and uh, the guys wanted them on scenic bases. One of the things I would do is I would paint. I would sculpt up like a snowy mound, put the model on top, and I would prime the. After I primed it, I would actually paint the hill blue. Uh, before I dusted it with white paint before adding the snow. And that kind of gave it a really deep, cold look to it. Like it was a deep blue, very, very beneath the snow, uh, which I thought was pretty good. I don't know in terms of color theory if it worked. It worked. It looked pretty good. I, thought. Yeah, I guess it, to the point of effect, like sitting on a block of ice. That's basically right. Yeah. I mean, essentially, like it was these Yetis, like kind of just, you know, traveling through these icy wastelands. And, and so it, it was really a nice, simple effect. All right, well, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to jump back in with our one-minute rant or gush right after this. Are you a tabletop-quality painter in the Raleigh area with 10 hours or more a week to spare? Have you ever thought about becoming a commissioned painter before, but you weren't sure it was right for you? White Metal Games is looking for talented painters in the Raleigh area to join our studio team. You're paid by the job, not by the hour, so you can paint at your own pace. Send us pictures of your painted models to info at whitemetalgames.com and we just might be interested in speaking with you. Put your minis where your mouth is. We're going to jump into our one-minute one minute rant or gush tonight. Uh, this is a segment of the show where we just... We're not generally a podcast that we like to really, like, harp on things, but once in a blue moon, something just rubs us the wrong way or rubs us the right way, and we like to talk about it very, very briefly. 
Um, so actually, I'm gonna let Philip start this one off because he seems to really be like chomping at the bit here. Really? So. Yeah, for those of you guys who've been listening for a while, you know I do not rant very often. But last week I had the worst experience. Um, for those of you who uh, are familiar with PVC plastics and miniatures, uh, for some reason it's become a new fad. I don't know why, but a lot of companies are starting to use PVC. Um, Maybe it's a cheaper material. It isn't. It doesn't. No. The price difference for manufacturing is not that big. Huh. It's not worth it. It's yeah. incredibly difficult to clean. They have mold lines all over the place. It doesn't follow traditional mold patterns. So it's not just like they'll have them branching off for random reasons. It's, it's terrible. Um, now, just so people understand what PVC, like this came up because you guys were working on a convergence of Cyrus project for yeah. Privateer. A lot of their models are a mixture of both white metal, resins, and in this case, PVC. PVC now, yeah. And it's unfortunate because these models are pretty, like, they look pretty good, especially like even Cool Mini, unfortunately, is using PVC. They have. So these are like the really hard plastics. Basically. It is very hard, yeah. A normal hobby knife does not clean it very well when you start to clean it off. Um, like, you'll get a little bit of fibers and strings that get attached all over the place, which sure. don't come off. It's just a difficult uh, thing to work with. Um, it's not a high end medium. It is not, no. And if you're looking at like trying to, if some of our listeners are actually trying to start their own like miniatures or something, like I would highly recommend staying away from it. Um, Adam Poots actually with Kingdom Death tried it on a few models. He did like one run of a few things and nicked it. Like he, he doesn't do it anymore. It was, yeah. it was bad. So um, that's a guy who's obsessed with quality. So take it from him, take it from me, <laughs> and everyone else I think in this room would agree. Just it's it's bad. So it's trying to either stay away from it as a source if for you your ventures. I mean, some uh, some ranges you can't get away from. It. Unfortunately, yeah. But some when you have an option, try to get away from it. Nice. For right. flying miniatures like the tabletop wargaming miniatures that we're basically mostly do, dealing with, it makes no sense. Mm -hmm. PVC plastics is the stuff that your uh, Happy Meal is made out of. So it's bulk, very cheap material, but. It's when you're trying the to toy, pull off quality. The food. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's <laughs> the place it's the food. You, know? you never know. But uh, it doesn't make sense for a finally, finally, finally detailed uh, kit to be made out of that stuff. It does not glue well. It, like Philip says, it does not even clean up well. Now, there are some studios that are able to pull off high-quality paint job with it, but I'm sure I've seen some success, but... It's not... It's... I'm sure they spend way more time than it's necessary on that, yeah. because, um, like I like I said, the price cost difference between for production isn't that big. For the plastics that we're all used to, like GW, it's called high impact plastics. The initial cost to produce the matrix, the tool, is higher mm -hmm. by maybe, if I remember correctly, like 15 percent, mm -hmm. which is quite a bit when you're thinking you have like a large range of miniatures, but. The shot individual, and the, there is a small difference in the price for individual shot. Like a hips is a dollar twenty-five, I believe. Uh, PVC is like ninety cents. You have really done some research in this. Like, um, like you yeah. really dug into this. Yeah, but like you don't really not like it. You hate it so much. You really not, dug no, no, in. No, like actually, it. the reason was one, um, the client I'm working with for the illustrations. We actually are producing miniatures with the same company that produces the weird plastics for okay. the Malfo. So we kind of did have to do the research. Sure. So, um, yeah, it just doesn't make sense to do that. Yeah. From in the, in the, I mean, in the long run, because like uh, Philip said, Adam uh, started, he tried it because for obvious reasons to save money, but 
as being obsessed with, well, not obsessed, being having quality, a standard for the quality. quality yeah. Well, uh, yeah, Adam he's, is he's kind of obsessed. Yeah, yeah, he is. But, you know, when you try to do create a high-level product that can be selling for quite a bit, take the extra mile. I mean, sure. take a loan or something. Or just, you know, like a big company, it does make, makes no sense why you do that. I mean, as a startup, yes. But once you already made it first past a certain bracket, I mean, just, guys, come on, make the switch. Okay, good point. So apparently that's Val's rant too, for the night. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Danny, do you have a rant or a gush? Uh, let's go with a gush. Uh, mini Wargaming. Fantastic <laughs> time up there. Yeah, you took your pilgrimage up there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I and, and just a thank you to Josh in particular. I mean, all the guys are really nice, but he really made me feel welcome. He was the guy that had a beard, a full beard, and then he just shaved it. All right. So um, if you if you sure. don't know what mini wargaming is, <laughs> uh, which I'm sure pretty much if you're listening to us, I think you probably do. Yeah. Um, now we I, do have a video. So you went up there and played two battle rounds, I think. Yeah. We have the link to the first one on the slider bar on yeah. the web page. So you yeah. go to White Metal Games and just wait for the slider to come around. Yeah. And you can follow it directly to Denny's yeah. battle. Yeah. Check it out. Um, and if you're if you're just on YouTube, it came out I think like December sixth. So it's the Sylvaneth Army versus Death. Uh, I love that army too. By the way, I really. That was beautiful. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I actually was really impressed. I only painted it in a month. Um, but now they were really good. If you ever get a chance to go up there to play those guys, I, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. Um, so where's your trip? Oh, yeah, it was. Um, okay. If I only had one ramp, Quirk, learn your rules. Okay. Because <laughs> afterwards, we looked things over and, uh, yeah. We to did be fair, one. these are pretty the, dense games. Like, yeah, well, Age of Sigmar yeah. less so, but... Yeah, you know. I mean... I, I missed a few things, and I, and I should. I, I need to learn my stuff, but it is different going up there, trying because you're nervous, like being on camera. Like I don't want to screw anything up, and uh-huh. then you know you do miss things just for that that reason alone. Sure. But, um, yeah, it was, it was a good time. I enjoyed it. I'll definitely go back. Okay, John. What about you? I, I don't really have anything to really. Nothing. No, nothing. Nothing good or bad. I've been scouring my head. I can't really think of anything other no. than you know our wonderful bipolar state we're in, where. You know, well, uh, earlier in the week it's freezing and there's ice on the roads, and now yeah. it's seventy degrees. And I mean, I don't know if that's our our state so much as our world. Like, I think the ice caps and all that shit. But it's pretty out there. I think it's just North Carolina. Uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> John, what about you? I have a small rent. Okay, great. Okay, it's uh, conventions. All right. And in conventions, you'll have a bargain basement where you can offload your unwanted games and the like. Okay. Which is really cool. like a swap meet. Not really a swap meet. You hire a small table. Oh, okay. All the day, uh, twenty bucks or whatever, and you sell what you've got to people who might be interested. Right. What really goes to me are dealers who don't want to pay to go in the dealer hall, but they'll pay twenty bucks to set up on a table. Okay. And you're not getting a bargain; you're buying brand new, full price. Huh. They won't negotiate. They don't have any rules about that. I'm guessing not. Huh. I've seen it a million times. Um, and then when you go to set up a table or whatever. You've got some nicely painted miniatures that you bought. You take consideration of the price of the miniature, time you take to paint it. It's a really hard bloody sell. Sure. It's a hard sell. Really, really hard. But my main rant is dealers who hire a $20 table in a bargain basement and are not really having bargain basement prices. I think nice. I okay. can get that when uh, I can get where you're coming from when Dennis and I went to Mace East. Up mm-hmm. in Charlotte, we had a little table set up for white metal games with figures that wasn't in the uh, the dealer's room. Yeah, and a lot of people were coming up, 
and looking at our figures, like, oh, these are cool. What's this price tag? <coughs> well, that one's 30 bucks. Mm -hmm. Well, that doesn't look worth $30. What are you talking? I was like, well, that's the price we placed it at. Yeah, yeah. And we, we saw one guy came up. Oh, the, the little uh, figure you used to get with the Dark Angel. Watcher uh, in the Dark. Yeah, that one. You know, it was a $10 figure. He wanted it for 3 bucks. Oh, yeah, I've had that many well, times. Well, I was just like, what? It's 10 bucks. So eventually we just sold to him for 5 Yeah, just I wish you hadn't done that because the irony is that the next week it sold on eBay for 15 and I couldn't sell it. I had to refund it. So <laughs> the thing is, is that I know what you're saying with that, but I think that what happens at those events is that the vendor room fills up and that these guys are looking for any opportunity to sell or they're just crappy and they're just looking for the cheapest opportunity mm -hmm. to sell. Sends up the cheaper opportunities to sell. Yeah, that's unfortunate. I mean, I've had a lot of great bargains at Bargain Basins. Yeah. On scenery, on buildings, on sure. figures and stuff. But when you see a brand new shrink wrap game with a lot of other shrink wrap games, how much you want for that then, mate? Oh, $90. Oh, really? So it sounds like those, the Bargain Basement idea came from a, a, a sort of like a yard sale. Sure. Yeah. So like to sort yeah, of offload cool your stuff for cheap. Yeah, that's cool too. Yeah. And when I set up, I'll sell stuff cheap yeah. and sell stuff that's not so cheap, but I have a good mix and I will negotiate on price. Sure. As long as you're not an ass, I'll negotiate. Yeah. Um, but these stupid numbers, like, oh, there's a twenty-five dollar figure, I'll give you five for it. Sure. No, go away. Spoil <laughs> your head. Bye bye. I tell um, I tell the guys all the time that um, essentially every every con every commission is a negotiation of sorts because you get to that point where like the prices are are posted on the website and they're very public. Most of the time when you have enough of a gallery or portfolio, people will, they, they'll be like, okay, I get it. Like, I see what I can get. I see the prices. I see the model. I'm willing to buy. But I would say one time out of 10, people want to negotiate. And so, like, I got through a guy the other day where he, we had gone through the quote, six ways to Sunday. We've taken stuff away. We put stuff back, blah, blah, blah. And then we got to the price. It was all good. It was locked. It was settled. Hey, can you do that for 25 less? And it's like, motherfucker. Like, yeah, he just, yeah. he, like, threw that in at the end there. Yeah. And at that point, what the, I think his strategy was, he was trying to see if I was tired, and I was. So I was like, fine, I'll go ahead and take 25 off of that, because I wasn't going to lose a $200 sale for $25 in price. But it is like, it's weird, like, people will negotiate over, haggle over art prices, but I can't go into McDonald's and negotiate over the yeah. price of a hamburger. My brother-in-law's a bugger for doing it. Really? Oh, God, yeah. That'd be so funny. Hell, his wallet... <laughs> Is sealed tight in Tutankhamun's tomb, I tell you. <laughs> That's why we have John here, but he's like, I love those little signs. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to jump in with our outro right after this. If you're interested in advertising on War Council, let us know. We can be reached at warcouncil at whitemetalgames.com. Rates are extremely competitive, but there are limited slots available, so please contact us soon. Alright guys, we're going to jump into our outro. We are out of here for 2016. This is the last show of the year. Uh, before we sign off for 2016, I just want to take a quick second to say thank you to all of our fans, listeners, and clients. Um, 2016 has been a really explosive year for us here in the studio. Um, you know, our, our, Without getting into, into firm numbers, our business has basically doubled the last three years. It's allowed us to bring on new painters, um, move into new product lines, really just try out new stuff. None of that would be possible without our client base and our listener base, so we just want to say thank you uh, for your continued support, your continued patronage. 
Uh, thank you for allowing this business to grow from its, its very humble origins as a blog page uh, into the business it is now. Um, and we look forward to more growth in 2017 with your continued support. Um, on the new episode starting in January, we'll be talking about all of our plans for next year. Uh, but it's been a good year, and we really have to thank you for that. So thank you very much. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. You guys make white metal games. Um, and so really, that's about it for now. So from all of us here at White Metal Games, have a happy holiday, have a Merry Christmas, have a happy Kwanzaa, I guess. What well, other holidays are they sort of lumped in there? Um, stay safe, stay warm, stay dry, and um, until next time, put your minis where your mouth is. Thank mm-hmm. you.